Is it recording? Okay, now it's going. Okay. <clears throat> I'm Annalisa, and I am Casey. And we are the baddies in the basement you didn't know you needed on this journey through life and motherhood to bring you the enlightened, raunchy, kind of stupid, and sort of magical conversation that everyone wants to have but is too scared to say out loud. So buckle up and get ready. Because it'll be fun, but it's, it's not, not perfect. perfect. You play music? Yeah, you play some music. <laughs> Can you turn the pop? You have to turn the power on, remember? The power on. That one first. Hello. We're yeah. talking now. <laughs> Welcome. We've actually been talking, but here we're officially talking now. Welcome. We're talking. <laughs> How are you feeling? I'm tired. <laughs> I'm really tired. Yeah. How are you feeling? I'm feeling a bit neurotic. <laughs> oh. Say more. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> um, day one of uh single parenting for the week <laughs> just temporary <laughs> situation man kids going from babies to toddlers to kids is like <sighs> i don't like it yeah i like i enjoy the aspect of now like henry and i get to have actual conversations with each other mm -hmm. but now i like have the thing of where now I get to feel like heartbroken when he's heartbroken mm -hmm. and like he has is like having other like, people can yeah. be involved in their lives and yeah. hurt them. Like him <laughs> having big feelings is not like not when you're two or three and you're just like basic emotions. Now they're like mm -hmm. more complex and have to do with other people. And, and it's really hard to feel like sad or heartbroken for someone and also have to like be objective at the same time. Mm-hmm. Or angry. Mm. And yeah, you have to have the moment where like your heart jumps out of your chest, but you have to pretend like it didn't mm -hmm. and be like, it's okay. I am calm. <laughs> Somehow. I, I am the calm in your storm. Yeah. 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 Particularly when you haven't figured that out for yourself. Yes. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty complicated. Yeah. Uh, so that's where I'm at right now. And I feel like Ruby is like approaching that even faster than Henry has. Mm -hmm. And that's super scary. Because <laughs> um, she's all water signs. And I can just only imagine how that's going to be in a couple years. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited for them to both be able to like cultivate and share feelings and have them and all the things but n the fact that I am the one that has to be the parent in that situation mm -hmm. sucks yeah <laughs> yeah I would love to watch them and turn into beautiful humans just observe pretty closely but yeah like also not be responsible <laughs> <laughs> I uh, uh I'm not looking forward to that so Wesley's not he's rapidly approaching but he's not quite there yet mm -hmm. but he's getting there 
and it is stressful. Like I see the pathway and I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> like, oh God. It's, we're about to level up here. Yeah. <laughs> here it comes. here it comes. Yeah. Um mm. mm-hmm. I have no words of wisdoms on wisdoms wisdoms on that, except like, yep, that's hard. uh it's gonna be it's gonna be hard it's gonna just keep getting harder i think i think so i don't think it ever gets easier i would imagine i don't different it gets different and i think the thing that cat that like what's the word i'm thinking of like skips me up trips trips Trippy skips. Trips and skips. Uh, the thing that trips me up is, li- or anybody I would assume, is like that by the time you get used to one mm-hmm. stage, then developmentally they're in the next one. The next one is upon you. Yeah. yeah. And then it's a whole nother thing. And it's also like mm, stages are somewhat ish consistent, but children are not. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's so true. Uh, it's funny because I literally think I was just thinking about it two days ago. Like, oh, I know how to do toddlers now. Like, I've achieved mm-hmm. at least... Toddler achievement unlocked. Yeah. Like, I at least <laughs> feel comfortable-ish in this. Like, I know what to expect, even if it's unpredictable. And we're good. Mm-hmm. And then Great now job, I'm Casey. like... And then immediately after, it's like, mm-hmm. no, your toddler's turning into a kid. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. <laughs> Next <laughs> level. I guess so. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> That's so absolutely children, though, I, at least in my, my experience as well. Like, you figure something out, and you're, like, so damn proud of yourself. Like, I fucking figured it out. Look at me. I'm king shit. <laughs> and then literally, like... <laughs> hours later or like the next day it's there they it's over They've already moved on it's to d- the next they're done day. you're done like yeah. you you've lost <laughs> it's <laughs> I, I, my friend just texted me mom fail i made my son poop himself in the sl- in his sleep so i'm sure that's a great <laughs> <Yeah>. story to <laughs> unfold <laughs> i'm pretty sure that i have also done that <laughs> so solidarity um solidarity <laughs> I can't think of a specific instance, but I'm also sure that that has happened to me, too. I, I know that Henry has woken up with poop in his pants, so, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As you Somehow do. it was probably my fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The the leveling up and keeping us on our toes. Like, I, I feel like it's parenthood in a nutshell. Like, from the second... I... I don't know, from the second, third conceived or maybe before. It's like we've we've achieved the first trimester and then (laughs) then there's the second one and then the third one. Mm -hmm. And then it just keeps going. Mm -hmm. It doesn't end. (laughs) It's all kinds of leveling up. But I think today we're going to focus on a specific a specific part of that journey a specific part of that journey specific traumatizing part of that journey yes we'll put trigger warnings on our episode mm-hmm. oh yeah i don't even know where to begin i was i was rereading what i've written about um wesley's birth story and 
it's interesting, like retrospectively looking back at the story, like just of his birth is so feels like not the story to me, actually, Mm -hmm. Um, looking back on it from where I am sitting now, because there was like his third trimester was in the NICU. Like Mm -hmm. it wasn't. but it still occurs right like you still have that time and I wasn't like present for his birth or like shortly after so it's like I mean like sucked (laughs) but I like don't have a memory of it I have a lot of memories of the NICU so I was reflecting on that this morning because I have thought of it as I actually don't think of it as a traumatic birth even though it was an emergency and like very scary but we can get into that i guess okay it'll be great <laughs> let's do it <laughs> let's let's begin um so my son wesley was born at 29 weeks i had no complications at all for my pregnancy i didn't enjoy pregnancy (laughs) i wouldn't call that a complication though (laughs) um i was like being seen by midwives i was planning on like hiring a doula but i hadn't like picked one out yet just like going about my merry way that like sort of puts for me at least puts like the picture of the timeline in because you say 29 weeks and i obviously think in my head that's early but like not quite like picture like visualizing how early that is Mm -hmm. but then you think about like yeah people don't pick doulas until like way later sometimes and the fact that you just like hadn't even gotten to that point yet we had gone maybe the week before I think the week before uh yeah the week before maybe two weeks before um we had gone to like a meet the doulas thing Mm -hmm. and we're like, uh, do we want one? Do we not? And I'm like, yeah, probably. Like, definitely, I do. But yeah. there's no point in like signing up for it. And I think I like wasn't. I really struggled mental health wise preg- with pregnancy, especially with my first. Like, I had a hard time finding new coping mechanisms or like different ways to just like cope with anxiety and life mm-hmm. because I didn't really get that from running. I couldn't really exercise the way like I expected myself to or wanted to. Yoga felt di- like everything felt diff like quote unquote yeah. different mm-hmm. and I didn't I mean duh. Yeah. But I didn't expect that and so I would just keep trying like all of the things that I've done that were effective for me mm-hmm. and they weren't they didn't they probably could have been effective if I would have not had expectations on them but Yeah. Do you f- Side note, Mm -hmm. what do you feel like your level of like embodiment was before pregnancy? Yeah. Because obviously during it, that was not happening. Do you feel like. I think I thought so. I did a lot of yoga Mm -hmm. and um, I I think I, I really like thought that I. I would have said I'm very like very embodied and very yeah. in touch with my body. I don't think I was though. Yeah. Looking back on it, I could sort of I could notice maybe physical sensation, but I had no like I think the word is introception, like I couldn't feel emotion in my body. Okay. 
Yeah, I my question was because I relate. Like with Henry, I didn't feel like I was in any way like with my body before I was pregnant. So the pregnancy didn't seem all that extreme. Like it sucked and I was sick the whole time, but it didn't like suck the way that it did with Ruby because before I got pregnant with Ruby, I was like really trying to learn my mm-hmm. body. I don't in the same token, I don't think that it was as much as I thought, but it definitely like I it was there was an awareness there of emb- of embodiment even mm-hmm. as an idea that when I be when I was pregnant with Ruby, it was like way harder because I was like couldn't do any of the things that I thought or didn't have time or energy to like consume any of the things that I yeah. thought I needed. Well, and I, my experience of it was I thought, like, I saw other people, like, could work out or Mm. do the things. And it's not like I couldn't. Mm -hmm. It's just that I couldn't adjust my expectations Mm -hmm. to, like, on a a day-to-day basis even. Because, like, your body is never the same throughout pregnancy. Like, there's no minute. Like minute to minute, it's different. Yeah. So like one day it might feel good to run and literally the next day it might not or mm. starting a run could feel good and in the middle of it, it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. And that is all normal and yeah. okay. But I was like, I can't run. I, know, I, I can't do so this. Like, I oh, feel like I see God. that all the time. I did so so mentally I was not I was not coping super well yeah mentally but physically I was you know picture of health so um I went in for my gestational diabetes like test uh-huh. um right at the beginning of third trimester I was a little bit late on it because I normally do it in 28 weeks so mm-hmm. Yeah, no. So I went in at 28 weeks, actually. It was like the end of 28 weeks. And I had to wait like all morning. It was very like, ugh, it was ridiculous. I had fasted. They were like t- testing my blood. I hadn't eaten. I was so hungry. My appointment was at like 9 a.m. and they didn't see me till like 1030. It was like Jeez. they were behind for some reason. Yeah. I was like, Jesus, I'm hungry. I'm like, I'm really hungry. <laughs> I'm going to murder everyone. Can I get out of here? Yeah. So when I finally got into my appointment, I like went in, they took my blood pressure and the tech was like, um, like, please wait here. Are you, yeah. Are you like, is there, do you normally have high blood pressure? And I was like, "Eh, no, I mean, I'm, I don't know. She's like, is something going on? I'm like, I mean, I'm stressed, obviously, because I've been sitting here. I don't need to go back to work and I'm hungry. Like, what do you mean? I'm stressed. Third trimester. Yes, I'm stressed. She's like, okay, well, like, um, just, I'm going to turn the lights off. And if you could just lay down, that w- I'll be back in a little bit. There's nothing more <laughs> stressful than someone, t- than the OB telling you, you or doctor or mm-hmm. nurse telling you, you have high blood pressure. I'm like, okay, I'll just lay down then. I'm going to meditate right here. I'm sure I'll be calm when you get back. Okay, thanks. Yeah. So she came back in and took it again. And she was like, okay, I'm like, we here <laughs> and I like <laughs> so I like then of course like hear mumbling in the hallway I also so I know know nothing about pregnancy like yeah I I know nothing about pregnancy I didn't research it yeah. I didn't I didn't want to know <laughs> we had not been to like our hospital classes like it was 28 weeks I'm like we ain't got time for that plenty of time whatever we'll get that done um so I'm like oh whatever like high blood pressure like these people can calm down people have high blood pressure all the time yes this is fine like i don't understand why what's the what's the hoopla 
not thinking anything is this is a theme not thinking anything <laughs> like i'm like this is fine so my midwife comes back in and she was like so um how how do you feel I'm like uh, uh fine i mean i don't what what is that what's that yeah. question um and she's like so your your blood pressure is pretty high um so i'm gonna need you to can you drive and i'm like i'm fine <laughs> like what literally yes i can drive and and finally i'm like can we just let's level set here what was my blood pressure what like, is, what is happening on? and she was like it was 180 over 110 and i'm like well, that seems kind of high <laughs> <laughs> I'm like but it went but it went she's like but it went it went down i'm like oh good so this is fine then she's like to 160 over 100 um still not great so you need to go to the hospital like right now it's <laughs> like all right so um i can do that i'm gonna stop at wendy's though on the way by because i am hungry do we yeah. understand she's like uh n- no also do not go home she's like i see where this is going <laughs> like don't go home either <laughs> go to the hospital go to labor and delivery tell them you're obese tell them you're obese sent you like etc cetera, etc cetera. like yeah amazing where is that <laughs> like I, like i don't i don't know i don't know where, where that is like how do i get there like <laughs> like i know where the hospital is located but like where in the hospital exactly am yeah. i going and she's like i just she, so she described where to go and i'm like okay great and I'm like, well, eh, whatever, this is fine. So I, um, I'm thinking like in my mind for whatever reason, I'm like, oh, they're gonna like check my blood pressure, and then they're gonna be like, oh, cool, like go home now, like happy Christmas, because <laughs> it's like December, so it's December twentieth or ni- December nineteenth, actually. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's a Thursday, um, and so I like text my husband. I'm like, like, hey, no big deal, going to labor and delivery, getting checked out blah 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 they did say i should probably cancel my holiday plans so like i don't know what that means but just fyi and he's like okay i'm coming to the hospital (laughs) that seems uh like you don't know what is happening (laughs) seems like maybe you quite don't understand what's going on here maybe i have a little inkling more (laughs) so he obviously he like finished whatever he was doing at school and came he's a teacher so they were almost to like winter break and uh so we get there and they like take blood and my blood pressure is still very high. And the midwife that was on call who had been my midwife, but she had like handed me off to someone else because she was going to like have surgery on around my due date and wasn't yeah. going to be able to deliver. So she was like, I'm going to hand you off to this other person. She was there. I was like, Hey, <laughs> can you believe they have me in here? And she's like, yeah, I do. Um, she's like, I just, she, like, everyone's trying to be very clear with me. She's like, I, uh, commonly in your situation, we'll see what your blood work says, but in this situation, like, you may, you, it, you are probably, you're going to be in the hospital to deliver. And that could be in two hours. That could be in five weeks. That could be when I, I'm like, yeah, okay. Whatever. Like, that seems untrue. Like, I'm like not. I'm just like okay. I have shit to like, do. I, so I like literally can can't accept. Take my blood and let me leave. And I was also like, I'm also hung. I'm very hungry. So I I really don't care about what you're saying right now. Can I just eat? Yeah. 
Like, if I could just eat, that would be great. She's like, in her mind, I'm sure she's like, you are literally probably going to have to have surgery in two hours. You're not eating. Like, so sorry. No. Uh, oh, I think I, w- I feel like I would have not grasped that either. If If everyone just kept telling me not to eat, but not like explicitly saying like why I'm not supposed to be eating. Yeah. I would have just been like, dude, I haven't eaten all day. Like why the fuck can't I eat? (laughs) Yeah. I asked every single medical professional that came in the room. Amazing. So can I eat now? How about now is when, how do I, when do I get to eat? Like that's all I could think about. Um, (laughs) just like Jesus Christ, stop with the eat. Like I appreciate that you're worried about that. I'm worried about your, um, life so (laughs) if you could just get on the same page here that'd be great (laughs) so my blood work came back and it was like borderline for severe preeclampsia help syndrome Mm -hmm. so they admitted me just with preeclampsia I was in under the premise like you're gonna be here to deliver and I was like well I assure you that I will not be here for 10 weeks Y'all are crazy. <laughs> I am not staying here 10 weeks. I don't know. I just couldn't process the information yeah. at all. Like yeah. I, I I, didn't. Some people like talk about the mindset of like, I'm going to do everything I can to protect my baby. And I'm going to mm-hmm. like manifest this like, like baby stay in thing. And I was like, I don't understand what's happening to me. <laughs> like yeah. I just couldn't comprehend it. So they like when... There's signs that you might have to deliver early. They give you um, steroid shots to like kind of speed up lung development in mm-hmm. case they need to actually use their lungs before they should. Yeah. Um, so a lot of time or sometimes pe- like if you have to deliver without that, then you're at, not you, but the baby is more at a disadvantage um, just lung wise. That's really the yeah. key one of the major keys of what makes prematurity so challenging is lung development happens mm-hmm. in those last 10 weeks. Right. Like Chris and I's goal was like, make it to get both of the shots. Like you have to do, you basically you need 48 hours. So the first one, 24 hours, the second one, 24 hours to mm-hmm. get the full effect. Yeah. So that was our goal. Yeah. So also sometimes the steroid shots help people stabilize. Yeah. Not always, but it can have that effect. So I'm like stable on the things. So they were taking blood like every four hours. They like dialed it back to, had just dialed it back to like once a day. And I had just finished the second steroid shot and got into the 48 hours. And I'm like hanging out. And Chris is like, you know, I'm going to go home. Like, this is fine. Like, I hate you that you can leave here, but okay, I guess that's (laughs) fine. And I, the nurse was, would come in and I'm like, yeah, like I have a little heartburn, you know, whatever's like. I'm pregnant, so that seems normal, but it was, it, spoiler alert, it was not heartburn. Yeah, preeclampsia, heartburn is not normal. Just as a side it's, note, it's I it. have a friend who also had to deliver early because of preeclampsia, severe preeclampsia, and she they came over for dinner that night and had chili, and so she's like sitting there like, man, I have heartburn, Yeah, and I'm like, let me just get out my blood pressure monitor smart. because Very smart. I've had two children and <laughs> yes. let's just do it and she has the same OB as me <laughs> and we like get it out and I like check it it was about that mm-hmm. and I at the same time yeah like it, 10 points is like way high you know and so I was like that seems pretty high 
just take a few minutes and we'll we'll do it again. And she's like, man, I think it's probably just the chili. <laughs> God damn it. And she the takes it again. And, and her husband's sitting there and I was <laughs> sitting there and I'm like, She's like, it's probably fine, right? And I was like, you should probably just call Dr. Ferris. You're going to need to She was like, I don't want to bother her. I'm like, you should probably just, I'm like trying to be as calm as possible. Just call her and just let her know what it is that you've done it twice. And and just to see what she says. Like, no big deal. (laughs) Just to see what she says. And so she calls and she's like, we're going to the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) I think she was only like a week early or something like that, a week or two early or something. So it wasn't nearly the same situation, but it was the same thing of where it's like, I'm pregnant. Of course, I don't feel great. Yeah. I'm hungry and I'm angry. Like they're very arbitrary. Such arbitrary (laughs) symptoms as like, you might have some swelling. Like, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. You can have a very basic knowledge of pregnancy and all of the same things that they say are normal are also somehow not normal sometimes, but it's all the same symptoms. Correct. Yes. (laughs) A hundred percent. Yes. Um, yes. Um, so, uh, where was I going? Where was I at? Uh, Chris had just Oh yeah. Heartburn. We were at heartburn. And I was like, some heartburn though she's like yeah cool i'll like bring you some heartburn meds so she brings me like pepto or whatever not pepto you can't take that when you're pregnant <laughs> it was not that <laughs> she's not a like she's not trying to, to kill me um uh i don't know whatever heartburn meds are i don't even know um and she gives me that and like there's it's like no effect and it's just progressively getting worse yeah um and so I don't remember the series of events after this because I quickly ramped up, but I would like started vomiting and I couldn't stop. Like she tried to give me Sofran. I was throwing up. She, they tried to give me like the, um, lidocaine, like to, to numb it, which had no effect. And she was like, we need to get you an IV and you need to call your husband and we're going to take your blood. And I'm like, well, it's fine. Right. It's just, just throwing just, up just, normal just, pregnancy just, thing. Yeah, it's just heartburn. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> that's not we a thing. Don't think so. And I did start to then I then I started to the heartburn started to feel more like kind of creep to the right a little bit. So yeah. I was like, oh, wait, wait, do you have upper right quadrant pain? I'm like, what the fuck do you use these words? It hurts <laughs> right here. I don't know. What you're, I don't know. I have a stomach ache. I don't yeah. know. I don't. So back to like body perception. <laughs> nope. Um. So. Uh, they took my labs, and so I ended up with HELP syndrome. So HELP syndrome is hemolysis, elevated liver, liver enzymes, low platelet. That's okay. what the like abbreviation is uh-huh. for. And it's like a combination of your blood panel that shows that like your organs are breaking down oh. rapidly, mm-hmm. often. And it's like nothing's happening, and then... Is that Surprise. a thing that is happens in pregnancy or can happen other in pregnancy? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's it's thought to be a severe form of preeclampsia. Okay. Because they're often related, but you can have HELP syndrome without high blood pressure. Okay. Um, and you can have HELP syndrome without a preeclampsia diagnosis too. Okay. So that's super rare. Yeah. It's most commonly together with it, but it's super rare to begin with. So. Okay. And, uh, so (laughs) my, 
my platelets had dropped too low to have a spinal for the C- oh. for a C-section. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have a certain like minimum platelet amount to be able yeah. to do that. And my, my, they had like taken my blood. It was like, so I remember these numbers of course, because my platelets were 66,000 and they're supposed to be in pregnancy. They can be like 110, 120 ish, depending on the person. Mm-hmm. Uh, hundred is like borderline. Maybe, maybe be concerned. Yeah. I think 75, 80 is ish when you can still have the spinal. Yeah. So 66, my liver enzymes, normally they're supposed to be like 30 to 50. Mm-hmm. 100 is like where they were when I came into the hospital. They're in the thousands. Wow. Mm-hmm. And they're, my OB at the time was like, um, we're going to take the lab again real quick because that seems like maybe not true. So they took it again and my platelets had gone down to 60. My liver enzymes had gone up to 2000, wow. like high 2000s, almost 3000. She's like, okay, well, we're going to have an emergency C-section now. Okay, bye. <laughs> like, oh my God. Hot too. Right now. <laughs> um, and I was on a lot of, I was on a lot of painkillers. I obviously had started magnesium sulfate drip at that point. So I was like, what's happening? Out of it, but, but did not have a spinal. Correct. So they just be under general. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so my midwife was amazing. She like the whole time was like, this is what is happening. Like she would get my attention and be mm-hmm. like, this is what is happening. Mm-hmm. These are the choices that you have, which are not many <laughs> in this yeah. scenario, but like, this is what is happening. This is what's yeah. going to happen next. This is what's going to happen. And it was awesome. She was fan- fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was like, oh, cool. They got this. That's good. Because <laughs> I certainly can't do anything. Yeah. Like, don't, I guess we're going into the ER now. And we had met the NICU team like ahead of time. We had done a tour of the NICU. And then but, while like, you were like admitted. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. While we were just hanging out for 10 weeks. <laughs> like, sweet. And so that's good. That was helpful. But then, like, once they'd made the decision to deliver, they uh-huh. were like, not exaggerating, exaggerating like 15 to 25 people in our room yeah like here's the NICU team that's gonna like deliver and here's like a nurse and a doctor and then another person like five people that's the NICU team and then yeah. like your team is like these people and then like here's the anesthesiologist and here's I'm like oh my god I don't know what the fuck's happening yeah. like they were like handing me papers to sign I'm like this is chaotic I, I sign these I was like <laughs> I, I literally took them I was like look at these <laughs> I'm like just 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 I can't do this like I'm way too many medications I can't follow I don't know what's happening so then general general anesthesia so I went to the OR I was cracking jokes about I don't god knows what and (laughs) this is gonna be fine you guys got this this is great meanwhile they're like okay like what's wrong with this person (laughs) my god and Chris couldn't be in there Mm -hmm. during the beginning of the delivery. Yeah. So they put him in this, this like room on the way to the OR, like alone. Could he see? No. Oh, he's just like a little boxy waiting room. Yeah. Like a, basically like a patient room that was near the OR. He's just like, here you go. Hang out here. Oh, that is awful. Oh my God. I mean, I, I can't imagine him being in there. Awful. But also that alone yeah. by himself. Like, yeah. Okay. 
I'll just be in here then. <laughs> Y'all let me know how. out wife on the operating Hope table. nobody dies. I guess yeah. I'll just hang out for, uh, let wow. me know. So he said he was in there for 30 minutes. Wow. Just like waiting. Waiting. Like what? what what's happening? And then they finally, like they were able to get him. And Wesley, so normally preemies don't make a lot of noise when they come out because they can't breathe yeah um he had sweet apgar scores he had a seven and a nine mm-hmm. like you little baby baby like screaming <laughs> i'm like guess i i wish retrospectively i was like wish that i had been able to like know anything about anything to have said yeah. like can somebody like sneak pocket record this in their pocket and like just cut like just cut that part just yeah. for me like that would be really great because it's very disorienting to be like I guess I had a baby yeah <laughs> I, I don't know um yeah and so Chris went with Wesley up to the NICU and they like called him to come down when I when I was starting to wake up but we had decided not to find out the sex mm-hmm because we were like, oh, we're going to have this beautiful moment where, like, <laughs> we get to find out together. And, like, we're like, Chris will find out first and get to, like, tell me and, the, like, whatever. Yeah. And we had not heard any any story that would remotely make that, like, a negative thing. So Chris was like, I didn't really picture that I would be, like, very concerned that you were going to, like, die. And then I was going to find out the gender and, like, of our baby. And you would die, like, never knowing. Oh, my God. He was like, I, this is terrible advice. Yeah. Nobody should do this. Yeah. Ever. (laughs) Like, (laughs) he's like, I wish we would have thought to, like, ask before we went in. Because they, it was on our charts and stuff. Like, they they knew. knew. And so it was really awesome. Solid moment was me like waking up from anesthesia and like yeah. asking him like if everything was okay. And he was like, yeah. I'm like, and he's like, it's a boy. And we had just found like decided on a boy's name like the week before. Yeah. We had just decided on, on Wesley. And I was like, but does he look like a Wesley or did you just pick that? And he was like, no, he looked Wesley. I'm like, <laughs> okay. I'm like, then I was like, go back upstairs with him. Get the fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> okay I'm fine I have nurses like go with the baby like get away go upstairs I'm fine he's like oh god okay please Um, I just want to make sure you're actually alive yes yes oh man and so they had to wait for I had to wait to like stabilize for a while because help syndrome can just like keep tanking for for a long time and you lose a lot of blood and surgery so my platelets got like very they're like 30,000 so uh, we had to wait till they kind of started to like. Did they have to do a little bit, like put certain IVs and stuff to, or like once baby is out, then once things baby start is out, regulate. they just that's it. That's, that's the treatment. Insane. That's the treatment. Yeah, they think it's placenta related. Yeah, I'm not hundred percent sure that that's the case, but they think it's some way in building the placenta, like it isn't built doesn't build well enough to sustain after a yeah. certain point, and so then it just like start sucking the life out of you essentially yeah (laughs) basically (laughs) so after i woke up from anesthesia we were going to go up and my like numbers started rising a little yeah they're like that's like the sign and they're like okay you're like you're fine you're You're good to go like you're probably we'll monitor you but like 
yeah this has worked <laughs> this has been an effective treatment mm-hmm. you can go back to the world OPR is amazing. So the NICU is attached, like is part of the hospital Mm -hmm. and they like will take you in your bed up to see your baby. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And they do it like as soon as they possibly can. Yeah. Um, So we were going to go on the way back to my room. So he was born at like 430 in the morning ish. And I woke up at like 530 or six. We were going to try to go up around 730, but then he had to be intubated, which I found out later. Uh-huh. And so they're like, nee, turn around. Never mind. We'll go up later. Oh. <laughs> so I didn't get to go up there until like 1130 that day to like actually see him. But they like wheeled me up there and I'm like, yeah. like still like vomiting from surgery and anesthesia and all these <laughs> things. I'm like, oh my God, can I touch him? It was a very surreal experience because I was still on the, they leave you on the, the magnesium drip for a while too. Yeah. Until they're, like, really sure <laughs> you're not going to have a seizure. <laughs> and so once I, like, got back to my room, I had in my chart that I wanted to breastfeed. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew anything what I was talking about. <laughs> and so the nurse that I had was really awesome. She, like, came in and was like, okay, like, here's the pump. Like, hook on up. I'm like, what? What? are the words that you're saying to me she's like yeah do you have a pumping bra i'm like what what is that what are those that you're holding what is this thing how do i turn it on what is it gonna do how do i what's happening right now she's like you want to breastfeed you're gonna breastfeed let me help you she like found this stretchy like elastic thing to like put the flanges in and was like pumping bra ta-da i'm like oh my god what is happening I, I don't understand what's Oh, happening. I remember when they wheeled that big old machine in for the first Wolf. time. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And they just like toss you the bag of pump parts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'm like, I, I don't, have no idea what this is. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. What, what am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I had to have someone go to my house and get the bra that I got for a baby shower and mm-hmm. like bring it to the hospital because I was like, apparently I'm supposed to be doing this. Yeah. And I have never seen this machine before <laughs> one of my coworkers was like uh what do you need and i was like i get i mean i guess like like pumping bras i don't do something is and that a thing she's like oh yeah i have like several like i have a bag of like nursing stuff and pumping bras like i'll just bring it up and i'm like yeah okay, <laughs> okay. bring it on down so right. i was like you're oh. gonna have to help me put it on <laughs> i'm like thank, thank you <laughs> oh, that's funny. um yeah, so like and then when you when you first like that first few days you have to pump well not the first few days but just in general you have to pump like every 3 hours or whatever it is. So like a lot. And then you're like trying to recover and I'm like, "Well, I had surgery. That was fun." And like I didn't know that I kind of made an assumption based on my lack of birth knowledge entirely that <laughs> like you get like you have a C-section, but you get out of like some of the other, I don't know, like uncomfortableness after birth. Yeah. You don't, I suppose you don't rip vaginally. Sure. That would be nice. Sure. Also, right. Like you're being surgically cut instead of like. Yeah. Right. It's like organically ripping open your parts. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So I made some assumptions. I did not realize like you would still that the, your uterus is still contracting down like yeah. you still are going to like bleed a bunch because yeah. that's how like 
it, the, the whole, yeah. all the processes are still happening. That's all still happening. Yeah. I was like, you're going to push on my what? <laughs> like, that hurts, bro. Like, stop doing that. Oh, man. Man, what a world. And then trying to navigate up to the NICU to, like, do anything. Like, the nurses are very sweet. And they're like, yeah, like, we'll take you up there. It was mostly fine i'll just like highlight some traumatic moments okay great (laughs) so traumatic moment a was moving to mother baby Mm -hmm. alone while everyone else has their babies yeah and then also it was christmas Mm -hmm. so like people were there with their families and like celebrating with their babies and i was there alone a lot of the time yeah that sucked (laughs) And then Christmas Eve, I um, was, like, in my room, like, pumping, trying to figure out, like, like trying to navigate, like, surgery and be like, okay, let me get these pump parts. Like, what the fuck am I doing? I got to wash them and somehow, like, get out of bed with these, like, anyway. Um, And I was just like, like, everything sucks. This is terrible. (laughs) And finally, I'm like, something popped in my head. I was like, you want to know who else is alone, bitch? your fucking kid go upstairs like what are you yeah. doing right now <laughs> this is stupid go upstairs so then i like stubbornly fucking walked down the hallway to the elevator to go up to the NICU and the nurses are like can i please push you in a chair I'm like no i can do it stupid <laughs> stupid idea um wow and then um then being like i was like very much hammering home like when am I going to get discharged? When am I going to get discharged? Are you going to let me go? I want to be discharged. Let me go. Let me out of here. And then they were like, hey, like, you're going to be discharged. And I was like, no, I can't leave here. Like, what are you guys talking about? here. What do you think? What are you talking about? So I just like sat in my room and sobbed for like three hours. And then Chris was like, "Ah, let's just go upstairs. Like, we don't have to leave the hospital. Like, (laughs) I don't know what this is. Like, I appreciate, I appreciate you have feelings and you should have those. Um, but we don't, we can just go upstairs to his room. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. I get it though. Like you, like even when you're not with him, you're still in the same building. And Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden you're supposed to leave and go home without a baby. Yeah. The worst. Yeah. Don't don't recommend. How far away do you live from the hospital or? Um, it's like 15 minutes. Okay. Yeah. So not. Not terrible. People. And you guys got to stay at OPR, right? Mm-hmm. You didn't have to move to like Children's Mercy or anything. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nice. We were at OPR the whole time. Yeah. So he had a 90-day NICU today. <laughs> Just purely because of being premature. There wasn't like, was there any other like complications that are just like sort of the regular, I don't want to say regular, but like. Uh, yeah. N- so no, not just the regular. So. It's interesting. It's like uh, an unsolved mystery, uh-huh. I would say. He struggled with, like, he would breathe really fast uh-huh. for a very long time. And it took him a long time to wean down off of oxygen support. But he also had, like, pretty severe reflux. Mm-hmm. And in the first, I guess, in the first couple of weeks, he would have he would have like bloody stools they didn't know why and he was having like stomach issues and one of the 
like really uh, dangerous concerns for preemies is neck, which is um, necrotizing enterocolitis. And basically it's like your um, intestinal tract necrotizes like Mm -hmm. dies off so it can have like holes in it or and like let fecal matter like into your body cavity which is very very horrible yeah and it um often is fatal for preemies Mm -hmm. and so they're very very cautious about it and like try to catch it really quickly Mm -hmm. there's surgery that you can do to like try to make sure that it doesn't get too bad and Mm -hmm. all these things so they watch it really closely and so they like he never had the symptoms of that but they were like very closely related and so they like treated him for that which meant they stop all of his feedings and he's just fed IV nutrition while mm-hmm. they do antibiotics for it uh-huh. anyway they ended up diagnosing him with a cow's milk protein allergy and that meant they because he's preemie they have to fortify breast milk so even if I had dairy-free breast milk, they couldn't give it to him because they had to fortify it with human milk fortifier, which is made from cow's milk. Oh, man. So they were like, here's this, like, hypoallergenic formula, and this is all he can have. And I was like, okay. Um, really? There's, like, no other... Like, what if I stop eating dairy? Like... Can we go back to breast milk? And that was the whole thing. What finally one of the doctors, I like asked her about it because the the dietician and the NICU and I did not get along very well at all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because I'm like, tell me the science, like tell me the facts, like what he has to like, quote unquote, follow his curve. Fine. Tell me specifically what that looks like. And like in the NICU, they weigh you, they weigh your baby every day, sometimes twice a day. Mm -hmm. And if they like so Wesley never lost weight the entire time he was in the NICU even when he was on TPN even even when he wasn't on like actual food feeds he never lost weight a couple times he would like only gain a little bit but yeah always going up right um but she was just constantly like he's not this and that and then she would show me the chart and I would be like I mean like I don't want to be an asshole but like this looks like a curve to me like and it would be like one day he had slightly dropped and it was still on the curve, but like yeah. just outside of touching the curve or something like fair, like the margin of error yeah, would take care of that. I'm like, I don't want to be an asshole, but like, I have a PhD in research and like I, what you're, what you're me that is does, not that's tracking. not, I don't follow what you're saying, but they also have a lot of power yeah, um, there when your child is in the hospital on their machines. Yeah. So I was like, fucking just give him the formula then. And one of the doctors was like, stop eating dairy it'll be fine like just stop eating dairy I'm like okay and they had told my lactation consult the dietitian I think had told the lactation consultant that I'd stopped pumping which I didn't yeah <laughs> I was like that's not correct oh at all that's annoying it was annoying is not the right word but <laughs> it's like a very minimal word for how I feel about that <laughs> Yeah. And then he, so we got that figured out and then he had, um, a lot of reflux issues. Like he would have like bubbles like in his mouth and they would be like, Oh, it's preemie stuff, blah, 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 on and on about it. And then it got to the point where he was full term and he still wasn't eating by mouth fully. Yeah. And he was starting to get pneumonia Mm -hmm. for 
seemingly no reason. So they were, they did a, I believe they did a swallow, they did a swallow study and he wasn't like totally aspirating on things. But anyway, what ended up happening is our one nurse was like, you guys, this isn't, this isn't normal. Like I know you have advocated, but like, this is not normal. Mm -hmm. And we were like, what are we supposed to do? Like we keep saying that, but like half that we would have a different doctor every two days because it was holidays. Yeah. You're supposed to have the same one for two weeks at a time. And we never did. Yeah. Like every doctor is like, this is normal. It's totally fine. Who cares? Yeah. Like it's just stuff. Like just be patient. I'm like, I, I get that. But like he's like screaming in pain. I don't understand like yeah. how this is normal. Anyway. So she advocated for the swallow study. They did that. And then they're like, oh, it kind of looks a little dodgy. I don't know. We don't know. And then. A doctor came on that wanted to actually investigate it. They did a scope <clears throat> and saw that his vocal cords were paralyzed. Oh. Um, like partially open, partially closed. Ah. So a lot of times with vocal cord paralysis, they can be completely shut, mm -hmm. like at birth. And so that's like you have to do a tracheostomy to be able to breathe. Yeah. Or um, they'll be completely open, but his were like partial. So he could make some sound not clear what quote unquote caused it or how long it had been like that. Yeah. He like hadn't, like I said before, like he had really good APGAR scores and he initially didn't really need much support, but then like a few days in, he suddenly needed a bunch more support. Yeah. There are treatments that they do on premature infants called surfactant treatments. Then they put like a tube down the, tr the windpipe to like distribute this medication that helps lung development essentially mm -hmm. our hypothesis is that that's when it happened because yeah. they're so they're so small yeah and they're trying to like thread Shut this needle their, yeah. yeah and they're not i mean wesley was not like please stick that in my mouth <laughs> stick it down my windpipe that'll feel great <laughs> please do it anyway so we think that could have been when it happened but we don't really know it also could be We've read a couple of things randomly online about preemies having reef. So preemies have a uh, like feeding tube while they're like learning to eat. And that keeps the little flap in your stomach open always. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A, at least a little bit. So it could have been to just like the refluxing finally just making his vocal cords being like, fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> we done. Yeah. It's <laughs> not happening. This acid situation is not for us. Yeah. Regardless, the second they saw that with the scope, they were like, shut it down. He needs a G-tube. Send him home. Like, never put anything in his mouth. Doesn't eat anything ever. No sugar water, like on a passy if he's not feeling well for like a procedure, blah, blah, blah. Nothing in his mouth. Nothing ever. I'm like, I mean, we were feeding him in bottles like a week ago, so... So, like, he could aspirate. He's definitely going to, like, aspirate if he has, like, sugar water. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Okay. That's calming. very stressful. You're stressing me out. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> I mean, you asked if there were complications. So, I'm like, how yeah, sure? Yeah, no, you? I want to know. <laughs> I do. Um, and so, uh, also, fun fact, as we get this diagnosis, it's March 12th, 2020. Okay. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. You said that. You texted that in the group, and I was like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? And so uh, so we scheduled the surgery for March 17th, and we get, like, letter after letter for the, like, next three days from the NICU that's, like, due to 
like pandemic this is the restriction due to the pandemic this is the restriction and they're changing their minds like every 30 seconds about yeah. what they're going to do they can't uh-huh. decide and then finally they on the 17th they're like yeah so only one parent can be in the NICU at a time starting the 17th <laughs> we're like okay well we're both gonna be here so sorry about that <laughs> uh, we actually just spent months here so fuck you <laughs> like my our kid is having surgery so um fuck off yeah <laughs> like, i don't know what to tell you how did they take that well the restriction didn't start till 8 a.m and his surgery was at like 6 45 so okay they let us both be at the surgery and both go back up to the NICU and then they let us stay an hour longer than they were supposed to. And then they came and kicked one of us out. They're like, one of you has to leave. I'm like, this is so stupid. We live in the same fucking house. Yeah. If he has COVID, I have COVID. If I have COVID, he has COVID. And I've literally like, been in this building today. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? It was the stupid. They were so stu- They, It was so stupid. Anyway. Early pandemic, as you imagine. <laughs> Whatever. So we then... What was the surgery for? The vocal cords? The G-tube. Oh, the G-tube. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's no surgery for the... There's no treatment for paral- vocal cord paralysis. go away? Sometimes. Did his go away? Yes. Okay. <laughs> it did. <laughs> Spoiler, Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> Just to, like, lower your stress level. He's completely fine. He's, like... Okay, like he. He's like 100% on milestones of his age group and like he's totally fine. Whatever. I'm sure he has like trauma in his body everywhere, sure. but like <laughs> theoretically he's totally fine. Anyway, he, so we discharge, so he does the G tube surgery, it goes fine. I like ream the anesthesiologist, the in, poor infant anesthesiologist. He has like this cool hat, like this, like St. Patrick's Day hat. He's like yeah. a very cool person. But I'm like, you use the smallest fucking tube that you can to put down his throat. I do not touch his vocal cords. I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> I will kill you. I didn't say it like that, but I was pretty like mama bear, like don't fuck with his vocal cords. <laughs> I'm not kidding. He's like, okay, we'll use like a slightly smaller tube. I got this. I can do this. I can do this all the time. It's okay. But I hear you or your concerns. And like when they came out of surgery, he's like, okay, like it went great. There was like no resistance when I put it in. He like play by played it for me. And yeah. I was like, thank you. Thank you <laughs> so much. <laughs> Bless you. Um, so then we like spent a few days learning how to use that and like use the D-tube and stuff in the hospital. And then you like room in. So we roomed in on a Friday night. We're supposed to room in the whole weekend. And the next morning, the nurse that was on was like, I mean, you guys know what you're doing, obviously. Like, do you want to just go home? And I was like, yeah. Because I was I was certain with all of the, like, changes every five seconds that one day they were just going to be like, no parents in the NICU. Yeah. And I was like, fuck that. <laughs> like, no, I thanks. don't want to go down this road. So I'm like, yeah, let's get out of here. Let's run. <laughs> Which was all well and good, except for once we got home, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> we've had this baby for months now and we have never had him here though <laughs> like, what do you do now? yes and like also we've never really like i mean we slept in the hospital that one night without monitors and stuff on but like that was the first time in 90 days that he didn't have an oxygen monitor on his little toe so we were like okay but you're telling us he's so at risk of aspirating that we can't put anything in his mouth 
But yeah, we're going to lay him on his back while he's refluxing, but that's fine. I'm confused. I don't understand. And no one would answer my damn questions. Like our pediatrician was like, yeah, it's probably fine. I mean, I don't know. And then we couldn't get an ENT follow-up at Children's because they're like, it's a pandemic. That's a non-emergent issue. I'm like, fuck you, dude. It's a totally emergent issue. Yeah. So I had to like call the NICU and make sure that then the NICU had to like say the right thing to Children's to get us on the right list to get us in. And they could only do the ENT clinic was close like yeah. physical clinic was closed they're like we can't really look at his vocal cords right now so like i don't know what else to tell you but we're gonna keep up with the same plan and like blah blah, blah. oh my god it was very stressful we ended up getting into um children's to like actually have a pediatric ent look at him uh-huh. in early may so we were discharged mid-march early may was the first time someone else like looked at him wow. and they're like they just oh his a- vocal cords are fine Oh my God. So you did that for like, could have been extra couple months Yeah, in theory. Yes. And like, uh, they had, I think it was after that appointment, they hooked us up with speech therapy. I could look at my pictures. I would, I'm kind of curious the timeline, but they hooked us up with speech therapy at children's who were like, I mean, he should not eat at all. Like that seems silly. Let's try it. Yeah. Like, let's just try little amounts so that he, like, is at least getting, like, stimulation in his mouth and is, like, yeah. getting reused to that stuff. Um, but they wouldn't do a swallow study within, like, X amount of months. So, finally, I was, like, I, they were, like, well, in July, we can do another swallow study. Like, this is stupid. In the first swallow study, he had paralyzed vocal cords. He no longer has paralyzed vocal cords. Yeah. Can we do another swallow study so we can feed him like a normal fucking kid? Yeah. I don't understand. This is oh. stupid. So then we ended up going back to OPR for speech therapy because they would give him a swallow study. I'm like, will someone give this child a swallow study so I can feed him, please? That's so crazy. Like, what is happening right now? It's ridiculous. So they gave us the swallow study. He was like, yes, totally fine. Feed him. Let's teach him how to eat. And he's like, Exc- excuse me? <laughs> I have to work now? Like, you've been pumping my stomach full of food for months yeah what do you mean i have to tr- do it myself what yeah are you talking about? oh man that sounds awful about, but yeah he got his youtube out around thanksgiving so he was almost almost a year mm-hmm. wow mm-hmm. yeah how do you feel like multifaceted question yeah i'm here for it um how do you feel like that well, maybe now you do know a little bit different because you also have Vivian who did not spend 90 days in the NICU. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, but my question is not necessarily of comparison. How do you, like, what was bonding like with mm-hmm. Wesley and how has that, I don't want to say affected, but sort of determined, like, your relationship with him? And, but mm-hmm. also, how is that different from Wesley than it is Vivian? Yeah. I mean, they're two different kids and yeah, it's hard to genders and whatever, but it's definitely hard to compare. I think though with Wesley, I had, so so it's such a, such a different experience because we were so afraid to go out anyway, having a preemie, but then it being like prime pandemic, it was like, I mean, we didn't travel anywhere at all the first we took a trip in like june of 21 
That yeah. was pretty much the first time we had gone anywhere. Like Wesley was one year old before he like went to a grocery store. Yeah. And even then it was still like everyone was masked still at yeah. the time. So we felt, and we went to Costco. So we we're like, it's big ceilings. And like, <laughs> look, it's there. And he was just like, what is this what place? Is going on? This is so cool. Yeah. I didn't know there were places other than my house. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so that, though, I think really contributed to postpartum anxiety uh, because I already felt like I was having this experience that was so different from the norm. Mm-hmm. And then I couldn't connect with anyone to learn that, like, actually it's it actually really isn't that different Mm -hmm. but so that was really difficult and I think especially the first like couple basically like the first month like really until we found out that his vocal cords were not paralyzed (laughs) it was just like constant anxiety and fear of we we have to watch him every second of every day and night So, like, I was, like, you have to be on shift. I have to be on shift. Like, and I couldn't, I really struggled with, I'm a rule follower. (laughs) (laughs) And so they give you, like, instructions for the, like, timing and pacing of, like, how you should set the G-tube feeds and things. And I was, like, got to find this, follow the schedule, blah, blah, blah. And that, that that even made me anxious and so Chris ended up doing a lot of the actual like setting of it and whatever mm-hmm. and he managed like slowly weaning him down so they were like normal feeds so we started with like an hour long is yeah. how long it would go yeah s- to help with his reflux and stuff yeah. like whatever and he ended up getting it down to like a normal like 25 30 minute block of time with the volume that he needed to have mm-hmm. so that it was like a normal like I'm t- drinking a bottle yeah time. Normal, like meal time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he was like very vigilant about that so they bonded a lot him and, and Chris bonded a lot yeah through that whole thing and I did a lot of like I guess I'm gonna go for a run I'm gonna walk outside like I need to figure out how to like deal with this and yeah. uh, I think uh like after he like sometime in may my, my therapist was like do you have a wrap <laughs> i was like i do i do i have one of those like boba wraps she's like oh those suck no do you have a solly wrap i was like i don't i'm not buying that that's expensive <laughs> she was like okay well um you have said that you don't want medication and that's fine i can respect that however you need this is your prescription now yeah. like this is a thing Get get the wrap, put him in the wrap, and bond. I'm like that seems like a I don't know about that. It seems like dangerous. I don't know. I'm trying like, to be like, I'm trying to like heal from this. So like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't, I don't, I didn't. Mm, that seems like a emotional experience that you're trying to have me have here, and I don't know that I'm really open to that right now. <laughs> but I did that, and it helped a lot. We would like walk around in it and stuff, and he liked it for a very long time. Uh, my daughter, on the other hand, was in into the rap for like mm, two weeks, <laughs> and she was like, "I can't see anything when I'm in here. Like, turn me around." 
what is this? I don't want to snuggle. Like, I don't have time for you. <laughs> do the girls just hate the <laughs> snuggling? Seriously. I don't know. I don't know, dude. Uh, Ruby would like fall asleep on Adam and they would just sleep and snuggle. And then I would try to like put her on the wrap and she's like, fuck no. Yeah. She likes it now. She's two. She just <laughs> happens to be petite. So she's like, here, put me in this and carry me around. I don't want to walk. <laughs> But, like, as a baby, she was like, yeah, no. Vivian likes it as long as she's facing out. So she likes, mm. like, the the, the ergo, er, the ergo thing it. and, like, facing out. She's mm-hmm. into, She loves that. She'll, <laughs> wear, she'll ride in that thing all day long, fall asleep, eat, like, whatever <laughs> she wants to do. Yeah. I think it's hard to say, like, how my experience is the same or different from, like, just general first-time parent experience. Yeah. Because... Everything that I experienced as a first-time parent, I experienced in the NICU. Yeah. So it kind of, like, feels like it's different, but uh, it also isn't. I think the hardest thing about being in the NICU looking back, or one of the really hard things, aside from living in constant fear, was, like, not being able to move around. Like, Mm. like a lot of people say, like, oh, like, your baby's fussy, like, walk outside, which for sure do that but like i'm in a like four by four fucking space with wires like i can only bounce so much and like yeah and that's it like hold put down put in a swing that's pretty much your options and you can't go anywhere Mm. for three months (laughs) yeah we did not have a window for two and a half of the three months in like even the hallway it was like dark and quiet and especially at first you like have to ask permission for the nurses to like come and help you like get them out so you can hold them and it's like a whole thing yeah. for months and then it got to the point where it was like uh, I don't know probably like by the time he was like six-ish pounds that mm-hmm. I would just be like, and and like he had weaned down on to like less aggressive like he didn't have like a CPAP thingy on his head anymore um, then I would just be like so I'm just gonna give it, yeah. I would just do whatever. I'm like, yeah. What's up? I'm in here. And like at first, a couple of nurses would be like, "Uh, what are you doing?" I'm like, "This is my kid. I'm holding him. <laughs> Good talk." <laughs> hey. We live here. <laughs> yeah, we live here. And he regulated his temperature really quickly. It was like the first thing that he regulated, and he'd be like sweating in there, which I don't know. I mean, I supposedly babies don't sweat, but this child was wet, so I don't know. <laughs> And I'd be like, can we, can we turn off the tropics? Like he, he's, he's fine. fine. Like he, he, he's fine. Like, why is he panting? C- Cause he's fucking hot, dude. He's hot. Turn it down. Yeah. But like the first few months, especially are just hyper monitored and like very scary. Mm-hmm. And you also have the like energy of all of the other parents who are up there and all yeah. of the other babies and like, every day somebody's coding somewhere and like it's just it's a lot um i don't know if this is something that can actually bear to be articulated so Mm. feel free to be like no (laughs) (laughs) um you were talking about the like your therapist saying like suggesting or recommending the the rap and Mm -hmm. like okay now it's time to bond now like (laughs) yeah is it possible to articulate what that fear 
of bonding is. Yeah, I, I, I guess. Absolutely. It doesn't make any sense, though. Right. So the fear is I don't want to get attached because you could die at any minute. Yeah. But that's the same fear of all parents always i think well like, sure but, you know but you probably got a little closer than most <laughs> of us sure but i think like it also doesn't make any sense because that's not going to make you feel better like not mm-hmm. choosing n- not even choosing but just like your mind's tricking you into not bonding doesn't isn't going to be like oh well like they didn't make it so like <laughs> now i feel fine <laughs> you know like we weren't that close <laughs> yeah like thank goodness we didn't bond like what that doesn't even make it <laughs> like you know what i mean like it doesn't make any sense um but that's that was the i think the anxiety the postpartum anxiety was yeah. sort of on that of like if i keep it at arm's length keep i'm not saying my son keep the keep like the emotion at arm length yeah arm's length then it can't get me yeah (laughs) (laughs) which is like come on now No, it makes sense though i think i mean i think postpartum anxiety obviously all encompassing is you could die at any minute right but because the first several months of his life were at arm's length basically Mm -hmm. then it's easy to make that the solution yeah. Like, oh, we'll just stay here. Mm-hmm. You over there with yes. the other caregiver and I'll just <laughs> yes. be here. Like, let me know if you need me to perform a task. Yeah. I can do such things. Yeah. I am skilled at it. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. And I really struggled with um, with breastfeeding, too, mm-hmm. with him because so I I pumped because um, that's how I started out yeah. <laughs> breastfeeding. And we tried to nurse some but I had so much anxiety with it and I had such a schedule after three months of four or five actually five months of just pumping that I was like what are you trying to do here like I'm not gonna be on your schedule sir like what is this and he didn't really he like wasn't him being upset and like screaming was so triggering for me because that's what had been happening in the NICU and like you they have like cameras too for you so you can like watch them when you're not away but then like flip side they're screaming and crying and you're not there yeah. and like you're watching them and you're like did somebody go what who hit is someone going yeah. And so then you like text your nurse or like call her and you're like, hey, where are you? She's like, I have two other babies. Like, take a deep breath. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm trying to sleep over here. I just don't look at my kid and now he's upset. And now I have to. The, more than one time I drove at like one in the morning, like, I'm going to the NICU. I'm going to call my child. So that happened a couple of times, oh, several man. times. Like, this not <laughs> go sleep, they said. Oh, it'll be fine. Go sleep. I'm like, mm hmm yeah okay yeah and then you check and they're screaming and which like i get it i mean it makes sense they have other babies like well sure but yeah yeah but like as a mother you're like that's not okay yeah yeah and it was never more i mean it was never more than a few minutes and if it was then i was like on my way there (laughs) like i'm coming in (laughs) a couple times they'd be like oh you didn't have to come in i'm like 
no, I, I assure you I did. I would not be here if I didn't have to come in. Like, I don't know what, <laughs> what you think you're saying, but like, yes, I did. God. Um, you asked me a question. Yeah. I, so I think the, the, the mind trick is just trying to stay at arm's length as if that's going to be protective in some way mm-hmm. when it's not. So I think that I don't, I, I couldn't tell you when, when I realized that it's all a blur and I don't think I realized it on my own. I think my therapist was like, I think I articulated that one day and she was like, yeah, yep. I mean, <laughs> welcome. Uh, <laughs> welcome to reality. <laughs> I know that. Okay, two questions, two separate questions. So I'll only ask them one at a time. I know Vivian was in the NICU for a little bit, but mm-hmm. not at the beginning. And we've talked about like how different that experience was and how like nerve wracking that is to like have a baby <laughs> and then t- just take them home right away. <laughs> yes. <laughs> did that, uh, did not having this, I don't want to say super scary stuff because I feel like for the most part, the super scary stuff was with you, not. Wesley, at least in the beginning, mm-hmm. did that. And obviously, there's differences with, like you said, having the first kid or second kid, yeah. and different personalities of kids and stuff. But did ha, did the bonding feel obviously different? Was there like shame or guilt associated with the fact that there it was easier, or was it easier or harder? Um. So I think it was kind of the same, actually, in a lot of ways. I think the difference was that I, so Vivian had like some minor, super minor health issues early on and like someone needed to be with one of our children and someone needed to be with the other and I was breastfeeding. So like, obviously I was going to be with Vivian. Yeah. And so... I got to spend a lot of one-on-one time with her mm-hmm. um, as, like, the only person there yeah. for a long, a lot of time that yeah. I didn't really get with Wesley early on because of the pandemic. So Chris yeah. was always around to be able to, like, take that load. So I could be like, I'm really, like, I can't do this right now. Yeah. I could do that. I had the choice. Yeah, I didn't have the choice. So that like sort of naturally just like you just figure it out. Like you yeah. just do it. And then as a result, you just bond. Right. So that's what I would say was diff is different about having, um, having Vivian. And then also, so she was <clears throat> in the NICU for a couple days for just for jaundice and lights. And I was like, What's up, people? <laughs> Welcome to the NICU. You know how to do this. I'm like this is like here. look at look at her. She's like eight pounds. This is great. Not two pounds, fifteen ounces. Not yeah. trying to breathe. Like what up? <laughs> and like like alarms and stuff would go off on monitors, and they would be like, "Oh, like don't worry." I don't know. No, I I I know. <laughs> it's fine. We're good. We're good here. <laughs> uh, uh, my other question is your relationship with Chris through that experience, which sounds like it was pretty good. I mean, survival, but also good. Mm-hmm. 
Um, was he also, were you both working from home? Was he teaching from home? Mm-hmm. And, but it, you guys yeah. were both, and, and his mom was also there. So we had our, um, we had in-home nursing. Um, so, sh- so we had a nurse from like eight to four, mm-hmm. Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. And we, and Chris was home through the summer. Mm-hmm. And then they went back in person, I think, in the f- fall. Oh, I guess maybe, yeah, in the fall they had a choice whether to, a teacher's had a choice whether to go back or stay virtual, right? Yes, that sounds right. That sounds right. And I think he s- went back. I think that teachers had a choice, but he did not. Because of the nature of his class, I want to say. Was but he, that's not true. I'm not sure. But was he, I can't remember. He would have been teaching virtually. So he taught virtually. Wesley was in the NICU. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, because we got discharged the day everything shut down. So oh, they like oh, right, had okay. spring break. And that's when Wesley's surgery was during spring break. Yeah. And then they just never came back from spring break. Right. Mm-hmm. So like when we came home that week, he was teaching virtually. Okay. Yeah. And then I took maternity to leave. I had, out. I had 12, what did I have? I had 12 weeks of maternity leave and I took two right after he was born. Mm-hmm. And then, um, at the time, we had a pretty strict PTO policy, but people could donate PTO. Yeah. So a lot of people donated oh, PTO to me really so that I only had to work half time. Yeah. So I worked half time while he was in the, in the NICU, like from the hospital and stuff. Yeah. How long were you in the hospital before he like, was born? Three days. <laughs> okay. I, yeah. It seemed like a very fast, mm-hmm. but we you didn't actually say so. Yeah. Yeah. So we went in on the 19th and he was born on the 22nd. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Merry uh, Christmas. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, so our relationship. Um, I think, I think the, really the hardest thing, and I think we still kind of struggle with this, is that we learned how to parent separately. Yeah. So we... Like, in order to have someone with Wesley, like, basically as often as possible, almost all the time, we would take shifts in yeah. the hospital. So, like, one of us would be there. Plus, the rooms are so small. Like, there's just not room for two people to do anything in there. Yeah. So, for three months, we parented oh, individually, mm-hmm. basically. And so, trying to, like, figure out how to parent together. Mm has just been an ongoing like that is very difficult for us to do yeah because we from the beginning had this setup of being separate and we kind of had that at the beginning too with Vivian just because of her being in the hospital and I think I texted you something and one day you're like just like don't don't do that don't do that (laughs) (laughs) like don't bite don't get wrapped up in this idea that like one parent's gonna be with one and one's with the other and then you're like never together I was like fuck we're doing that right now yeah it's so easy so many I feel like I since we had that conversation which would have been like several months ago I feel like I've had it like three or four more times with people because I'm just like 
you do that and then you get caught up in your own little worlds mm-hmm. and it's like oh you're nursing you're breastfeeding you're feeding the baby that wants to be fed every five seconds so i'll just go sit in their room and feed them and then the toddler can play with dad in the other room and then all of a sudden like you're not getting any of that time and mm-hmm. baby only knows how to eat in their room mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> And then you hate each other because yes. you're like, I never see you, but yes. also our child has picked up this bad habit. Yeah. And it's clearly, for, it's clearly your fault. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, yes, exactly. A hundred percent. It's like, oh crap, we are doing that. We need to, we need to stop doing that. Um, mm-hmm. That was very good advice. But I, and for us, it's been a struggle since the starting from the NICU because like I said we just always yeah which makes total sense and parented separately not even realizing like that's what we were doing because it was like we want someone to be with him yeah so um and like Chris was working full-time yeah so I feel like yeah, because they because it didn't shut down till after spring break I was gonna say I'm pretty sure he was in person and he was like he mm-hmm. went back to work just like normal like in January like yeah teaching Mm-hmm. and then he would come so I would be there during the day and then he would be there till like super late at night and then we would just rotate that's so, so crazy mm-hmm. um, it was wild so I think relationship wise like we got really good at like logistics and like planning and just like trying to coordinate things when we had to um and yeah what have you done since then to move through that trauma or cope or however you want to put it um because I feel like so I I know I quite a few people who have had like traumatic birth stories, mm-hmm. um, whether it be them or their babies or both. And I feel like that's something that just so gets trapped in your body. Mm-hmm. I have done so just by happenstance when Wesley was born, I had already signed up for yoga teacher training, mm-hmm. <laughs> which started in January of 2020. And it was like one weekend a month for nine months. Mm -hmm. So I had that like every third weekend. It would be like a whole weekend of yoga and like Mm -hmm. processing, (laughs) process group. (laughs) So that helped some. I also had a, I had a therapist, obviously. I did, so one of the yoga teachers that I had encountered in doing like some work travel just like a random studio I had gone to and there was this teacher there who I really liked started offering breath work experience Mm. things which I had no idea about at the time so I did she like was earning her certifications or she was offering them for like super cheap or free online because COVID and I was like oh cool I can like do this class with her so I did that and uh that brought up a lot (laughs) (laughs) like it's just a like a people like are 
mixed about what the physiological processes of it actually are. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm a little on the fence about whether it's a good idea to like practice it by yourself in your basement. <laughs> okay. I would recommend probably trauma therapy is a little bit better. Maybe someone certified in like EMDR or somatic mm-hmm. experiencing something legit. <laughs> anyway, that I did that and then I was like, oh Jesus. So that helped more of like the somatic part of it, yeah. I think. And then I would say I felt like I'd really like I'm like, oh yeah, like I really process all of this amazing. <laughs> but I hadn't been working out. Mm-hmm. I hadn't worked out really. I mean, like would try to run here and there, but I hadn't like worked out like yeah. seriously tried to like commit to something. And then I did boot camp. Yeah. And I still was like half halfing it like the first a couple of times. And then I think the second or third workout at home, I was like, why bitch? Like, why can't I not work out? Like what is happening? So I'm like, I'm going to do it. So like I pushed myself a little bit and then I was just like sobbing. Like I was like, Oh my God, what's happening? Like I couldn't stop crying, but I was like, what? I don't understand. Like, this is why I haven't worked out. Yeah. First of all, yeah. <laughs> like this is absolutely and why I haven't worked out so much. Yeah. Oh my god! Wow, that's crazy. Um. So also having been there and not knowing that that was happening at the same time. Yeah. Like as a bystander. <laughs> yeah. Well, it only I only only in private. Only at my home. right. Only, right. Only at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like uh, that would have been like over a year later. Yeah. A year and a couple months ish later. So I think that helped a lot and then I think it still sort of pops up every once in a while in very very strange like random ways Mm. but never it's not it doesn't feel overwhelming it just feels like an experience that I can like share and help other people process with yeah at this point and I feel like gratitude for the healthcare providers that I had. And I, I think that the pregnancy with Vivian, like people say that it can be like really healing. And I think that's true, but I didn't really want to put that pressure yeah, on it. So I like tried not to, <laughs> I don't know if I was successful or not. And I think I'm still probably too close to it to. Yeah. Like, process anything but my like quote-unquote goal with Vivian being born was like literally just like whatever it takes I want to be awake (laughs) I don't care how it happens I don't care what the circumstances are I don't care I don't care I literally just want to be awake and if we can accomplish that then I fucking set yeah I was awake (laughs) (laughs) was very awake oh god I am thinking of a a a closing question or I closing love statement. Yes, a closing thought. But, but I only have half a thought, so maybe I can give you half of it and you can tell me okay. what the actual thing is. Let's do it. I can't say that I know the actual definition of a trope, <laughs> but that's a word that's thinking about in my mind. Of What was the most surprising thing that you learned about having a baby okay just like generally yeah like what was the most surprising thing that you were like oh 
No oh. one told me that. <laughs> um, I have like three things okay. that came to mind. Yeah, I would love to hear Some of the start. <laughs> one was that I didn't expect my C-section scar to like burn while it was healing Mm -hmm. it didn't occur to me that that would happen i was very confused by it and then finally i had a nurse be like do you want an ice pack and i was like "Uh, can can i yeah i would and then i proceeded to have a permanent ice pack i think you're supposed to put it on for like 10 minutes i don't know i had it on (laughs) permanently consistently full of ice for the next like three weeks (laughs) just like always like oh hold on i gotta refill my ice pack please hold (laughs) best thing ever um oh man that was such a win that felt so good um another thing which we kind of talked about was uh just like uh breastfeeding in general like anything about it pump primarily for me pumping and like the world of pumping and like scheduling it and like tricks for how to do it on the go and like all these apparatus that you can purchase and like trying to pick through all of them and just like this like this whole industry uh-huh. around squeezing milk out of your tits. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Had no idea. <laughs> like surprise. <laughs> um and then the last thing I thought of was uh, I and it, it could be because I had um an in- induction with Vivian um safely and gladly but regardless I I'm still torn whether I think it, it was an easier birth or not because everyone's like oh vaginal births are easier but like yeah. I with a c-section I I felt like more mobile after like a week yeah and I my obviously my vagina was never like sore that was like not a thing yeah or like there was not like tearing or anything and i tore with vivian and i was like i i i have ice packs on and i cannot sit down like for like three weeks yeah oh yeah i I was like what how is this easier yeah i it hurts to pee like i I don't understand how this is easier. Like, did someone want to tell me how this is easier? Because it's not. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, I think it probably was. Um, maybe. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not yeah. sure I agree. I'm not sure I totally agree. <laughs> maybe Maybe I do. Maybe I my mean, memory of the first. a lot of people opt for C-section. Maybe my memory of the first is just so, like, yeah, convoluted and, like, full of so much other stuff that I just yeah. didn't have time to remember. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's like determined. I'm like, I just, this is fine. Compare. They, they probably both suck. Yeah. I think birth is just hard. Anyway, those are, those are the three things I didn't know. Um, I didn't know that there was colostrum and milk were two different things. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Um, like the black tar poo. (laughs) What's that called? Yeah. 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 (laughs) The meconium. Uh, yeah. Which for, thankfully for both of my kids, that all came out while we were still at the hospital and the nurses were changing the diapers. So nice. we didn't even have to deal with that. But I was like, had no idea. Man, I had another one that I was sort of thinking and now I'm not sure. I think, I guess the most surprising was thing, thing is like how little people really tell you. Yeah. Because after I had Henry, I like had decided I didn't really like my OB because I would go in and she'd be like, do you have any questions? And I'm like, I don't, you tell me, Mm -hmm. I don't know. 
Yeah. Should I have any questions? Yeah. And the whole pregnancy was that way all the way up until I was in the hospital and everything went seemingly fine. And then all of a sudden I like didn't feel very great Mm -hmm. and they still like wheelchaired me out to the car and that whole experience, I obviously didn't know any better, only to find out a few days later that I needed a blood patch because mm-hmm. they had poked a hole in my spinal cord. Mm-hmm. And so every time I sat up or stood up, I would get like a huge migraine. Yeah. But nobody told me how common that was with epidurals mm-hmm. or that that was a thing. The anesthesiologist even came in and asked me how I was feeling. And I said, I have a headache, but mm-hmm. I just had a baby. Yeah like I don't feel that good but I just had a baby like I didn't know that you could have a baby and not feel awful yeah until I had Ruby and by the end of the day I was like walking around Mm -hmm. and so I think that that was that I think that's the most surprising thing for me is like how little people know that I that I was able to be in the hospital and not feel great for days and make it all the way home yeah end up back in the er mm-hmm. after like, i was home to find out oh what you're going through is not actually normal <laughs> this particular complication is yeah not normal. and i feel like shit like that happens all the time where it's like yeah you just don't know anything mm-hmm. like you don't all of a sudden you're being put in a dark room the same thing happened i didn't obviously have a baby that day yeah <laughs> but like all of a sudden you're being put in a recliner in a dark room to wait for an yeah. hour and yeah. to sit there having more anxiety, wondering if the doctor forgot about you. Yeah. It's nearing five o'clock and you're still sitting in this recliner like, in a dark near, room. Near, like, why near, the fuck near. am I here? And yeah. no one has said anything about high blood pressure. Yeah. Or told you that you should be at risk. Like, yeah. Pay attention to that. Like just the lack of information is so crazy to me. Yeah, I agree. I think, and some of it is, man down, we're good. And some of it is lack of, lack of information sharing. Like the information exists, but we're not great at sharing it. Yeah. And the other part is that there's not a lot of information to share about pregnancy. That's like conventional. Yeah. And I remember taking the class, Mm -hmm. um, like we did the birth and parenting and all that class. And, um, like she mentioned a couple things, like we very quickly went through the epidural process and stuff yeah. and she was like, there are things, but I'm not going to tell you all of the risks Yeah, because that's scary. Yeah. They did that in the NICU too. Like they're like, here is a book about preemie things. Do not read it as reading material. It's a reference. And if you have a word or a diagnosis or something that you want to look up, that's then when you use, use it to look it up. Yeah. But if then you happens. have no idea what's going on until it's happening. And then you all of a sudden have to process something as it's happening. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't love that. And I, I cow's milk protein intolerance certainly wasn't there, was not in their fucking book. <laughs> Neither was vocal cord paralysis. So whatever you, to your yeah. book. Yeah. I, de- I mean, I definitely understand like trying, like, anxiety and stress are not something that go well with pregnancy so i Mm -hmm. understand like lowering that maybe but yeah uh but yeah i think the information itself is like mm, 
No, I didn't know anything about gestational diabetes. And then I got it and all of a sudden I'm bawling my eyes out because I can't eat any of the things mm-hmm. that I've been eating for the last six months. And you're, and you're pregnant. Yeah. So it's that much worse. Yeah. <laughs> like nobody said at like, oh yeah, you just have to do this. Mm-hmm. Not like, hey, this is what this means if it if the test goes this way or that way. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Like this is what the result, what the results mm. happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. So, uh, we wrapped up with our question. Yeah. Do we want like a, like send in your, uh, things you didn't know about birth? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. I think sending your birth story seems like a little much to share, but, but I think sending, sending us the things that you didn't know about birth <laughs> yeah. when what were you surprised about happened to you <laughs> surprise <laughs> what surprised you like oh that's yeah. happening yeah our uh instagram is at it's not perfect pod and our email address is it's not perfect pod at gmail.com have so a feel great free night. to share with us have a great day <laughs> have a great night have a Thank great you morning for sharing please share <laughs>